Welcome to Swarupa Vidya Ashram. My name is Swami Nirmalananda. Each audio is a discourse that I offered at a satsang, a free meditation program, and was followed by meditation. These teachings address the underlying questions of life. Who am I? Why am I here? How do I do what I came here to do? I went to my guru with these same questions. While he gave me the teachings I share here, most importantly, he gave me the inner experience they describe. This is why I teach, to share the same with you, both the theory and the inner experience of your own inherent divinity. The bliss of consciousness is your birthright. Meditate and discover that you are greater than you could ever imagine. Om Namah Shivaya Gurave Satchidanandamurjaye Nishpapanchaya Shantaya Niralambaya Tejase Muktanandaya Gurave Shisha Samsara Harane Bhakta Kaya Ikadehaya Namaste Chitsaratmane Hetave Jagatameva Samsara Navasetave Prabhave Saiva Vidyanam Shambhave Gurave Namaha Guru Brahma Guru Vishnu Guru Devo Maheshvara Guru Sakshat Parabrahma Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Om Swarupa Swaswabhava Namo Namaha Om I bow to my own self. I bow to my Baba's own self. I bow to his Baba's own self. I bow to your own self, your own beingness, your own essence, your own shivaness, the one reality being you while being all and beyond all. Again and again I bow. Om Swarupa Swaswa Bhava Namo Namaha. This is perfect. Om Purnamada. Everything is always perfect, even when it doesn't seem so. Hindsight proves it to be true, as you may have learned already. I have the advantage since gray hair gives you more hindsight, hopefully even wisdom. True wisdom comes from the self, the inner fullness of being, your own essence and beingness, which is purna, full, whole, complete, effulgent, perfect. You are already. Perfect.
Now, there might be someone in your life who doesn't think you're so perfect. Or maybe even your own mind tells you that you're not perfect. I agree. You are both perfect and not perfect at the same time. Dare we say you are perfectly imperfect. But your essence is perfection itself. You are the one divine reality, which is Purna, perfection itself. When you know your own self, you live in the divine perfection that underlies this world, that is the source of this world and is manifesting this world. Om Purnamada Purnamidam Purnan Purnamudajate Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnamevavashishate Om Shanti 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 Om, that is perfect. This is perfect. From the perfect springs the perfect. If the perfect is taken from the perfect, the perfect remains. Om Shanti, peace, peace to all. Your mind looks for flaws. If I bring a whiteboard up here, you'll see the black dot on it instead of all white. Your mind loves to focus on imperfections. Your mind loves to slice and dice, chopping things up into little bits and then comparing them with each other. And you do that to yourself and to others. Oh, Dr. Phil would ask, how's that working for you? But your mind can see the wholeness of things. Your mind loves wholeness. This is why we love the sky, the ocean, the photos of galaxies in space. To have your mind expand to encompass the whole, it's calming, it's relaxing. It's blissful. When your mind is slicing and dicing, it's not at all calming or relaxing. Certainly not blissful. Your mind has to work hard at making you feel bad. It makes sense in a weird sort of way. Since your inherent nature is all expansive, everlasting consciousness and bliss, your mind has to work hard to block that. And as soon as your mind relaxes, the bliss fills in. Again, Om Purnamada. This beautiful Sanskrit verse is from the Isha Upanishad, also known as the Ishavasya Upanishad, from around 3,000 years ago. This is the shortest of all the 108 Upanishads. It has only 17 or 18 verses depending on the source. It's part of the Shukla Yajurveda. Om Purnamada is not one of the verses. It is the invocation 
preceding the text. And it's a whole teaching unto itself. Om, that is perfect. That means the primordial essence of being, that which existed before anything existed. That is whole, perfect, full, purna. This is perfect. This, the manifested world and the expression of the one divine reality into form, this is whole, perfect, full. From the perfect springs the perfect. This world has come forth from that, that one reality. If the perfect is taken from the perfect, the perfect remains. If the perfect manifested world disappears, that which is perfection remains. Generally, we Westerners love these ancient verses that point us toward that that has no name or personality, that primordial reality, free from the weight of religious terminology, makes infinity available to your mind. Remember, your mind loves to slice and dice, but your mind also loves to be enticed back into wholeness, wholeness or not. The Isha Upanishad is about God. Isha is Ishvara, which means God. It's a sweet contrast that this invocation to wholeness, wholeness without a name, begins a text about God. And this is the ultimate point made by the text, summarized beautifully in verse 16, speaking to God through grace. I behold your most glorious form, you, that divine one, I am. Tate pashyami yosavasau purusha sohamasmi. Isha Upanishad, verse 16. Through grace, I behold your most glorious form, you, that divine one, I am. In other words, the one divine reality is not an impersonal, ephemeral, out there, infinite, formless something, which the yogis call that. Well, the one divine reality is that, and is this at the same time, this being you, being me, being all, and beyond all, Shiva. When you see that everything is the one in a different form, you see that it is always perfect. Purnamida, this is perfect. Even when life isn't going the way you want, it's perfect. Truly, I have learned and grown more from the things I tried to avoid than from the things I chased after. Until I met Baba, that is. Once I saw what he offered, yes, I chased after him. And I learned more that way than the whole rest of my life put together. 
Unfortunately, you do try to avoid the lessons you must learn. When you're wrestling with the world or even wrestling with your own mind, it's probably because you're in lesson avoidance. As you get better at discerning what the lesson is, you get quicker at learning it. You see, if you were already enlightened, you wouldn't need to learn any lessons. But if you're not there yet, there's a reason you're not there yet. It means you still have something to learn or something to give up, something to transcend, something to leave in the dust, even something that will serve as a trampoline for you to bound up to the next level. And you want to resist that? You've got a choice. You choose to make progress by putting yourself in the tough stuff. Or life will plant a boot in your behind and give you a shove or a kick. Now, I don't want to mislead you. Based on what I said, you might think that once you're enlightened, nothing difficult or uncomfortable will come to you. No, that's not true. You've got karma. Pleasant things will continue to happen, and unpleasant things will continue to happen. Just about a year ago, our building, Lokananda, was flooded by Hurricane Ida. We closed for a couple of weeks, and many of you helped us repaint and clean up. Thank you. Life does go on. But when you know your own self, you're not disturbed by it. Because you live in the knowing of your own purna, your own fullness of being. Thus, you see the perfection in everything. Yes, even the flood was perfect. Your inner state is so deep, so vast, so full, so whole, that nothing can shake it. Nothing can threaten it. It's like waves in the ocean crashing against other waves. It's just the ocean at play. Nothing gets pounded. Nothing gets destroyed. The ocean of consciousness is playing within itself. Another text describes this. Even though worldly processes occur, there is no inner disturbance because of the yogi's constancy of mystical knowing. Tat pravruta vapya anirasa sambetur bhavat. Shiva Sutras 3.32. Even though worldly processes occur, there's no inner disturbance because of the yogi's constancy of mystical knowing. What is this constancy of mystical knowing? It is your own self, knowing your own self. You see, self-realization is not about you thinking, I am Shiva, I am Shiva, I am Shiva, I am Shiva. It's about you knowing. You don't have to memorize, I am Shiva, I am Shiva, I bow to my own Shivaness, I honor my own divine essence, Om Namah Shivaya. That is the meaning of the mantra, but that's not the reason you repeat it. You're not trying to memorize it. You don't learn to be Shiva. You are already Shiva, so you can't become Shiva. 
It's like if you're trying to become human. Uh, excuse me, you're not a dog. You are already human. It's important for your mind to remember and honor your own shivaness, but you are shiva whether your mind is helping you with it or not. When you realize that your own self knows itself, you can't not know. It's like when you're awake, you can't go back to sleep. I know that some of you have perfected the art of rolling over and going back to sleep. But yoga does not value this ability. The whole point is to be awake. That's why it is also called awakened, illumined, or enlightened. How great it is when your mind shines with the light of your own beingness. Yet, the term self-realization doesn't point to the light. It points to the source of the light. The source knows it's the source. You realize you are and have always been you, O Shiva. Tat pravrta vapya anirasa samvetar bhava. Shiva Sutras 3.32. Even though worldly processes occur, there is no inner disturbance because of the yogi's constancy of mystical knowing. My Baba described it this way. Such a yogi lives in the divine state of unity with Shiva under all conditions of life. He sees that the one being pervades all castes and races, all stages of life, all deities, all materials, all objects, all facets of worldly existence. He has attained full consciousness that his self manifests as the universe and motivates the varied activities of his senses, mind, and intellect. The self moves his out-breath and in-breath and pulses in his outer and inner perceptions. He realizes everything is Shiva. He realizes Everything is Shiva. When you realize this, you realize everything is me. You care about everyone and everything, for they are all part of your essence, like your little finger is part of your body. Yet you are not your little finger. You are not your hand. You are not your arm. You are not your body. You are not your mind. And you are not your body and your mind put together. You are self, consciousness itself. And self knows self. The sage Shemaraja explains for us some of the intricacies of this sutra. He says, in the highest reality known as Atma, the transcendental self, there are two aspects. These two aspects are karta, the subject, which is you, experiencing being you, and karya, the object, which is 
what other object you're entangled with or thinking of. Another person from this perspective is an object. That you're related to them or you're doing something for them or to them or with them. They are the object of your action, your thought, or your perception. The sage explains that of these two, the object is perishable. The subject is imperishable. The object is perishable. The subject is imperishable. It sounds simple and straightforward, but there's a lot going on here. First, he says that these two aspects are both in the highest reality, which is Atma, self. So the highest reality is self, your own self, O Shiva, also known as Atma, meaning self. And everything exists within Shiva, within Atma, within self. You think about the other person or about an object like maybe a caramel pecan chocolate chip cookie. You think that the object is outside of you. It's true that the object is outside of your body, but it is inside your own self. Om Purnamada, Purnamida. You are that which is perfect. You are that from which springs this, the perfect. And that reality, which you are, encompasses all this. It is all enfolded within your thatness. Each and every one and each and everything is you in a different form, O Shiva. Let's start at the top again. When you start to get it, you lose your inner landmarks. So it's good to go through it again. Self-realization means you realize you are and always have been self, O Shiva. Tatpravrta vapya anirasa samvetur bhavat. Shiva Sutras 3.32. Even though worldly processes occur, there is no inner disturbance because of the yogi's constancy of mystical knowing. This mystical knowing is your own self knowing itself. And recognizing your selfness, your shivaness in everyone and everything that exists. Like Baba said, such a yogi lives in the divine state of unity with Shiva under all conditions of life. He has attained full consciousness that his own self manifests as the universe. He realizes everything is Shiva. In your own Shivanis, there are two aspects, karta and karya, subject and object. You're used to focusing on the object. But when you know your own self, you are the one who is focusing. You are the one who is knowing. You are the one who is experiencing all. In this highest reality of your own self, your own atma, your own shivaness, there are the two, you and the object, even when that object is a person. It's all within the reality of your own self. Shema Raja quotes another text that explains, of these two, the object is perishable. 
the subject is imperishable. As you, being self, as you look through your eyes and you see a caramel pecan chocolate chip cookie, which lies in your immediate future, or you see another person, you understand that this cookie or this person will one day be gone. The cookie sooner, the person hopefully not so soon. But the one constant in the world is change. So things will change. This is true. This is life. When the other person leaves, whether they're simply going out on an errand or whether they're returning to where they live or even when they die, from your perspective, that object is gone. You had been focused on their body and mind, which have a limited time span. So do yours. But you are more than your body. You are more than your mind. You are more than your body and your mind put together. When you know your own self, your body and mind are not who you are. They are objects. They are objects that you use like your car or your phone. They are incredibly more useful, incredibly complex with a wealth of capabilities. How precious your body and your mind are but you are the one who has them. You are more. You are so much more. So we return to what Shemaraja says, the object is perishable. The subject is imperishable. You as the perceiver, as the experiencer, as the one who experiences the world and expresses into it, you are the imperishable the eternal, the undying, the immortal essence, beingness itself, O Shiva, you are your own self. Now, here's the cap. Tat pravrta vapya anirasa samvetar bhavat. Shiva Sutras 3.32 means you'll have to look it up. Even though worldly processes occur, there is no inner disturbance because of the yogi's constancy of mystical knowing. Your mystical knowing never ends. While objects come and go, and the sages even tell us that universes come and go, the one divine reality, which is your own self, never ends. The self has no beginning and has no end. The self, your own self, oh Shiva, is the eternal, the ever-existing, the all-encompassing, the one divine reality that is being all and beyond all. Shemaraja says, there can be the disappearance of an object, but there can never be the disappearance of the inner nature, the subject. Thus, for the one who knows their own self, even when worldly events occur, there cannot be a break or a shift in their inner awareness. Why? Because when you know who you are, you are you. Om Swarupa Swaswa Bhava Namo 